Welcome to another edition of Music with a Mission, where our purpose is to perpetuate and promote the Christian and positive idea through the medium of music and other arts. Our guest, Pastor William Carroll. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou Sing that one more time. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that It's TSC Music Radio's Music with a Mission. I'm Derek Davis, back with you by the grace of God, and always glad to have you with us for what promises to be another blessed show, and our expectation level is high for this edition. I'll tell you why. Our guest is a great minister of the gospel. He's the teacher's preacher or the preacher's teacher, whichever you prefer. And if you've ever heard him sing, which he does from time to time here at Times Square Church, you know he has an awesome singing voice as well. He is our very own Pastor William Carroll. Pastor, it is an honor to have you here on Music with a Mission. Well, it's an honor to be here. Thank you very much. You know, we're all extremely excited. You took the time out of your busy schedule of ministry obligations to join us. Truth be told, we've been praying that the Lord free you up to be on the show for a long time. Since what, Jess? Since its inception? She's... She's nodding her head like, yes, yeah, since way back. <laughs> so we've been praying that you that the Lord free you up to be on the show. And prayer is not an exercise in futility because here you sit. And we are, and we are very pleased about that. Well, thank you so much. I've been um, praying about it as well. I, Jesse gave me an invitation um, about a year ago, right, sometimes in um, the summer. And I've been praying and asking the Lord to open a door and Thank God I've been given the opportunity to come, so I'm very, very happy to be here. The effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous availeth yes. much. Yes. Um, you know, most of the time when we see you, we see you in the pulpit bringing the word, and uh, we do want to talk about that a little later on, but also very interested in your music side. Yes. Uh, you have an incredible voice. Thank you. How long have you been singing? Has music always been a part of your life? Yes, I imagine I've been singing as as far as publicly singing, not very long. In fact, I was um, growing up just painfully shy, so most of my singing was done in um, the shower or alone. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> so my my training, basically, as far as singing goes, 
um, goes no farther than um, just having opportunities to sing in church. And wow. And so it's basically been um, sort of a hidden thing until um, actually singing here at this church. Um, Greg invited me um, a while ago, about two years ago, to sing um, at one of the Christmas specials. And um, up until that point, I had not um, sang here in the church. Um, I had sang um, with the Teen Challenge Choir every now and again. Um, But even then, it was with a bunch of people. So I just kind of soloed here and there. That's but, incredible in itself. No yeah. formal training. No, no. Just parents who liked to sing. Uh-huh. My dad was in a, a band or so on and so forth. But for me personally, no. You no. know, Pastor, I got to say this. With all due respect, mm-hmm. has anybody ever told you that your voice doesn't match you? In other words, <laughs> while you are generally so spoken, I've heard you preach, I've heard you pray, sometimes very fervently. Yeah. But when you open your mouth, it's angelic. It just doesn't seem to match. Thank you. You're right. That, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I mean, I, I feel the same way. You know, it, I feel like in, in spiritually, you kind of you kind of shift gears. For yeah. me, most of the singing that I do is geared toward the the altar call. So after having preached, you know, you bring people almost to to the brink, you know, of of not just a decision, but a sense of of an emotional outlet. Mm. And I'll see people sometimes at the um, altar, and that's how I choose when or when not to sing. If I see people in the altar and I know that they're at the brink of a breakthrough mm. and their their hearts are ready to open and I can sense it, but mm-hmm. they're they're right there, I try to pull them over, you know, over the line, as it were, with, with a song. And I'll, and I'll see that work um, time and time again. So in a, in a very real sense, you're kind of shifting gears as far as, your um your ministry outlet you know whether you're preaching or teaching or if you if you're singing a song so most of my songs you'll notice are, are slow songs mm-hmm. it's it's basically to just draw people over a certain you know whether it's a spiritual or psychological or an emotional line hmm. interesting yeah. when you sing mm-hmm. it appears that you're in another place yes where are yeah. you I'm in a place at the altar strangely you know I'm I'm there with the people. And so I, I can kind of uh, sympathize and empathize with where they are. And I'm trying to hit the notes that I know are going to bring them to that place. So mm. in a very real sense, I feel myself where they are. Mm. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit to minister through me. So because I am naturally shy, all of my solos are, spiritually speaking, duets where I'm always asking the Holy Spirit to sing along with me and, and to help me. And so I'm, one hand is, is extended upward and the other extended outward, and I'm trying to be a conduit between what the Lord is trying to do at that altar call and, and the people that are, that are there. A duet. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I need I need see for me it has to be the case. I have to think that God is holding my hand and that God is singing with me. Yeah, you know, same <laughs> way when I preach. If if I don't sense that God is with me there, yeah, you yeah. know, one time the Lord spoke to me. I was so afraid of of preaching initially mm-hmm. that God said to me very simply this. He said, "If you don't approach the pulpit without me, you will never be at the pulpit without me." Mm. You, he said, "If you don't try to do this on your own, you will never have to do this on your own." And so for me, every time I approach the pulpit, whether it's to sing or to preach or whatever, I, I basically spiritually 
take him by the hand and we just walk there together. So it's sort of like, you know, take your kid to work day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where, yeah. you know, where, where our father just takes us by the hand yeah, yeah, and then yeah. he says, let me show you what daddy does for a living. Understood. That kind of a thing. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. You know, music is a huge part of worship here at Times Square Church. Uh, what about music in worship? Uh, what role do you see music playing in worship? I think Basically, what I what I just mentioned with regard to the idea of sometimes music taking people to places where they might not be willing to go mm. intellectually, mm. you can draw them to certain places emotionally. But the things have got to work together. Do you know what I mean? So, for instance, if I began to sing, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful, but in and of itself, it's inadequate because... The song begins with an exposition of the nature and the character of God, Hmm. you know, and then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. So the exposition of the character and the nature of God is imperative if the song is going to be sung in the right key, spiritually speaking. Understood. You see what I mean? So for me, the song is, um, it's a tag team with um, the the preaching of the gospel, the teaching of the word of the Lord. So I give you an illustration. It would be the same as if, say, you and I were, um, we were brothers, but say we hadn't seen each other in a long time. Yeah. And and you had a, a son who I had never met. Mm-hmm. And you bring him over to my house and you know me, right? So we embrace and we talk about old times. And then you introduce your son to me and say, you know, hug Uncle William. You know right, what I mean? Right. He might not be as inclined to hug me as you are. Understood. You right, see what I mean? right. Because you know me and he mm-hmm, doesn't. Mm-hmm. So sometimes with worship leaders in, in, in worship, we try to move people toward worshiping Jesus, saying hug Uncle Jesus, as it were, <laughs> because we know him and we love him, you know, but we have not sometimes, you know, put the effort, the amount of effort of, of preaching and teaching and, and developing the doctrines of the Lord so that we bring the song in without necessarily having the word. So you have a lot of church movements, for instance, where yeah. the preaching is almost sing song, you know what I mean? And uh, throughout it. Yeah. And so yeah. the whole thing is emotional. The whole thing, you know what I mean? It deals with the concept of song without the necessary ingredient of exposition. Understood. Uh, we got Mandy Zek in studio here. We had Mandy and some of the members of the Friday Night Bible Study Worship Team uh, on MWM a few weeks ago. Yeah. Mandy survived. She's smiling over there. <laughs> uh, Mandy told us that your view, that you view their part in worship this way. She said, as you carry the meal from the chef, yeah. the Lord, yeah. to the table, they, yeah. as the worship team, sets the table. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's a very good perspective. You know, actually, I heard that um, that interview, which was wonderful. I, I actually have heard about, I, I think, about eighty-five to ninety percent of all the the things that you that you do. And well, I've praise been, the Lord! I've nice. been significantly yeah. blessed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I, I do believe that the the worship leader has a responsibility. They, the worship leader is is leading us into into battle. They, and and oftentimes the battle is, as you've heard many times, the battle of the mind where people are coming into the worship service, for instance, and they have a lot of things on their mind. Um, Sometimes they have worries, they have concerns, they have cares. Mm -hmm. And I think what the worship leader does is begins to, in a sense, not just to serve the table, but before you can serve a table, you have to ask a person what their order is. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, You can't serve this group the way you serve that group, you know? Understood. So, for instance, on Friday night, we're serving a different group than on a Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. You know, we're serving people who are at the end of the week 
you know, people who are tired, who have been working 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 hours. Yeah. And so we're basically asking them, how can we serve you? Mm. You know, what can we bring you? And part of the way to determine that is by looking, looking out. You know, one of the main responsibilities of a worship leader. See, I'm not a worship leader, so I can close my eyes and lift up my hand and But sing. you could be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the part of the, the big responsibility of the worship leader is having this capacity to somehow lift up their heart to the Lord and still keep their eyes focused on the congregation. Okay. Because they'll tell you what they what they need to eat. So before we can serve them, we have to take their order. Mm. You know what I mean? So if I'm looking out and I'm noticing... I'm trying to sing a fast song, but I notice everybody's just completely tired. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Then, then you have to shift gears. Yeah. You know what I mean? Realize, okay, that last couple that were here, they, they wanted the steak. You know, but this couple over here, they want the salad. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So you get the order by watching them, seeing are they ready to clap their hands or do they need to, you know, do you need to say maybe five minutes early you may be seated? Mm-hmm. That kind of a thing. And then once you understand, you know, what they want, then you begin. When I say what they want, I mean spiritually speaking what they need. Then you begin to um, pour out on that level. So mm-hmm. a worship leader's got to be able to shift gears, you know what I mean, at any given time and, and always, always keep your eye on, on what's going on in the congregation because they'll tell you, you know, how they need to be served at any given time. Could you preach or teach without a worship team? Yes. You could. Yeah, I could. And the worship team could worship without a preacher, you know, but okay. it's the same as to say, you know, I mean, I could sweep, you know, a broom using only one hand. But it's not going to be as well done. I you know understood. I mean? Yeah, yeah. It would be more effective with the team. Is of course, of course, because it's it's a combination. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like a baseball player trying to, you know, hit a ball without a bat. But it would be sort of like um, a baseball player trying to hit a ball without the um, the batting coach. Understood. You know what I mean? Understood. They have to work in unison if um, they're going to have that level of success. What do you think is the most important thing someone on a worship team or music ministry should keep in the forefront? I think, well, I've heard Greg speak on more than one occasion about the necessity of a, of a true worship life in order to actually be a worshiper, a worship leader, and so on. So that being said, I, I think the next important thing is, is the thing that I mentioned, which is you can't really expect um, a return without an investment. That is to say, I can't expect people to worship a God that I haven't helped them to understand. Mm. So that's important. Of course, you're going to get part of that from the, the pulpit ministry, but another part of it is going to be the kind of songs that you inject into a worship service. This, you need some songs that talk about how I feel about the Lord, and that's wonderful. Yeah. And you need some songs where people can clap their hands, and that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But then there also has to be some songs that resemble some of the old hymns, even though there are some people who are writing some new hymns that are just as well done, mm-hmm. but they have to teach about the nature and the character of God. Mm. Otherwise, we have the then sings my soul part yeah. without the, oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider mm. that mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Yeah. So there has to be that. So my suggestion would be be careful about the songs that you pick. Make sure you have a nice, healthy blend. Mm-hmm. Because if you have too much of one thing and not enough of the other thing, it's just like with a diet. Sure. You know what I mean? You can you can be a vegan or, you know, you can have so-called healthy, healthy diet. Yeah. But you, then you can find yourself lacking in protein. Right. You know, there, there has to kind of be, you know, a balance. So likewise, I think um, if I'm asking for a return, that is, if I'm asking people to worship God and praise the Lord, and oftentimes as worship leaders, we, we feel a responsibility to elicit praise Mm, right mm -hmm. but if i haven't invested theological knowledge doctrine if i haven't 
taught people, you know, particularly through the songs that I write or through the songs that I choose, I, I shouldn't expect that kind of praise. I haven't invested. I shouldn't expect a dividend. Mm. You see what I mean? Understood. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Well put. Mm -hmm. What type of music do you listen to? I like all kinds of music, really? as long as it's good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you okay. know, I like instrumental music. Um, yeah, but I listen to jazz. I listen to um, classical, oh. um, reggae. I love reggae. That's part of my roots. You know what I mean? Okay. It's just what are your roots, sir? Well, my grandmother is um, from Jamaica and West Indies. Oh, okay. Um, both my parents are from here in America. My grandmother on my mom's side. Um, is uh, Cherokee, so we have different people from different understood backgrounds. You fit right. In, you fit right in here at Times Square Church. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. There's a reason why you're here. I know, I know. I, I love this congregation, isn't it? Yes. Um, any favorites though? I mean, you mentioned hymns. Are you are you a hymn person? Um, I do love hymns. Yeah. I do love hymns, but I love the stuff that um, that we sing here. I, I love the Hill Song. Things and so on and so forth. I'm, sure. You know what I mean? You wouldn't think so, but I love it. Um, uh, the old hymns I love. What Times uh, Square Church songs do you really like? Um, I love some of the ones that, that we write. You know what I mean? Those and, songs. And you're not being biased. No, you? no, no, no. I just love it because it it, it just breathes Times Square Church, you okay. know? Okay. So um, Vicky writes some awesome songs. Yeah. And Raphael writes some ex excellent songs. Sure. So a lot of the stuff that, that we've written here... They, um, and then, of course, a lot of the evangelistic type songs that we do on, on um, Sunday night, I just love. Oh, yeah, I love. the 6 p.m. service. Yeah. yeah, sure. I go home singing those songs all the time. So. Given what you just said, uh, mm -hmm. you said you like music that's just good. Yeah. Um, what type of Christian music or which genre of Christian music would you suggest to usher one into the presence of the Lord? Oh, that's a very good point. I, I would probably say some of the songs that um, Hillsong does. Mm -hmm. I think they kind of, Vineyard had taken the mantle, in my opinion, of, of Hosanna, Integrity, that kind of song over the years. And then um, Hillsong just seemed to come in. Mm -hmm. And for me, these are the songs that um, oftentimes expresses a Christian's Heart toward the Lord, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know. Like I said, we can't we can't live on those alone because we have to always ask, well, why do you think about him that way? Yeah. Why do you feel about him that? Why do mm -hmm. you love him like that? Mm -hmm. But those are the kind of songs that most people, after they've heard them once or twice, will more likely than not close their eyes and lift up their hands without necessarily looking at the um, the words on the screen. Mm. But speaking of that, I also do believe that there are certain songs whose um, they're, they're awesome as far as good sound theology teaching songs, but the lyrics are so complex that it's almost impossible to find yourself completely closing your you eyes. You need a concordance Ex just to figure it out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's a certain song that we've sung, you know, we've sung for years, and I still have to look at the screen mm -hmm. in order to... So you like, you like the more simple songs, is that what you're saying? As far as ushering people into the Lord, mm -hmm. yeah, but as far as what my personal preference is, I'm probably more inclined to the ones that are a little bit more complex, the ones that develop the the person and the nature of the Lord. Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. What do you think of the state of Christian music today, anyway? Um, Christian music, that's a, that's a huge genre. You know, one thing I would suggest yeah. is that just because a Christian writes a song doesn't make it Christian music. You know, uh -huh. I have no problem with a Christian writing rap or pop or whatever. Yeah. Just call it what it is. 
Ah. You know what I mean? I mean, if I'm going to listen to a rap song, I'm going to listen to a rap song that a Christian wrote. Understood. I'm not going to play it in church. Uh-huh. You see what I'm saying? Understood. Because it's, it's not a Christian rap song. It's a rap song written, written by, by a Christian. Christian. You know what I mean? Which is, which is awesome. But mm-hmm. the genre is hip-hop still. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And it's a time and a place for everything. The time and a place for everything. Right. Now, at the same time, as far as the church, you know, songs, the songs that we play in church, Christian songs, mm-hmm. you know, I would suggest for me again, you know, I I personally like the ones that develop the the nature and the character of God uh, because that's my thing, you know, mm-hmm. studying that it blesses me when I hear people talk about, you know, for instance, if I'm talking to someone and they get on the topic for instance of of my wife or my child and they start talking about, you know, the good things that they are. And the th- I'm going to like that person immediately. Sure, you know, sure, they start talking yeah, about, yeah. you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they start speaking in glowing terms about my kid or yeah, about yeah, my wife. Exactly. I'm going to like that person sure. just because they're talking about somebody that I love in a manner mm-hmm. that honors them. So for me, those are the songs that I'm going to like the most, the ones that bear witness to the way of the Lord yeah. and to, to who he is and, and, and to, to what he's done. Wow. Great stuff. You know, Pastor, we are already at our first break. I knew the time would fly having edifying conversation with you and good singing the same. Uh, When we continue, we'll hear more of that great voice, more topics from a pastor's view, and a more personal side of Pastor Will with his testimony when Music with a Mission continues. God is incredible. God is with you. God is aware of your struggle. God is ready to forgive. God is powerful. God is your friend. God is a good listener. God is for you. God is willing to God help. God is and always will God be. God is able to God protect. Is God good. is power to change. God is, God is Jesus. God is here. God now. is the one who loves you. God, God is merciful. God is the husband to the widow. God is the one with your answer. God is there when no one else is. TSC Music Radio where God is. This is Carter Conlon from Times Square Church in New York City. In the last book of the Bible, Jesus spoke to a specific type of people. Now, these were people that had, in his words, a little bit of strength. They had kept his word and had not denied his name. And I I think of the people today that you're listening to these words and you've come to the end. You have some strength, but not very much. You do believe that the Bible is the Word of God, and you're not among those who are just casually throwing the name of Jesus Christ around like so many are today. He said to you, I've set before you an open door. I'm going to lead you through that door, and in that door you're going to find strength, you're going to find provision, and you're going to find blessing that can only come from God. Now that open door begins with prayer. It is time to pray. To find a prayer meeting in your area, visit nycprayer.org. That's nycprayer.org. I would love to tell you just what I think of Jesus Since I found in him a friend so strong and true 
I would tell you how he changed my life completely. He did something that no other friend could do. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend as kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. And oh, how much he cares. MWM Music with a Mission, back with our very special guest, our very own Pastor William Carroll, with his distinct and blessed vocal singing live at one of the many worship services here at Times Square Church. Really nice, Pastor Will. Thank you. Really nice. Thank you. You know, come to think of it, there are several services in which to worship here at Times Square Church. Three services on Sunday, 10 p.m., 3 p.m., and, of course, the 6 p.m. evangelistic service that Pastor Will was talking about earlier. In that service, the songs, testimonies, and the message are simple, clear, and to the point. It's a perfect opportunity to invite your friends who don't know Christ to hear the gospel message and the stories of people who have had their lives changed through the power of God. Great service perfect service for that. Uh, That's at 6 p.m. on Sunday. And during the week, there's a Tuesday night service at 7 p.m. that's always powerful. So you can't lose good word and worship across the board right here at Times Square Church. To find out more about our services, ministries, and happenings here at Times Square Church, visit tscnyc.org. MWM with Pastor William Carroll, who among so many other things he has done for the Lord, instructs a powerful Friday night Bible study here at Times Square Church. That's uh, 7 p.m. in room 201. He's currently teaching a series on worshiping in the wilderness. Very encouraging, very uplifting, blessed word, Pastor. Amen. What inspired that series anyway? Well, the fact that we're living in difficult times and we want to make sure that we equip our people to worship God irrespective of the circumstances. That was the burden of Pastor David Wilkerson that we be a people prepared for difficulties. And what I'm trying to do is to perpetuate what he's already begun and to do everything that I can to fall in line with um, the burden that the Lord laid on his heart. It's a great series. I sat in uh, Friday night's class and you were teaching that. Can you give us just a crux, uh, the crux of what you've been teaching? I know it's, it's hard to en- engulf to encompass the whole series in this one podcast. But uh, what's the crux of worship 
in the wilderness. Initially, it began with the idea of the children of Israel building a temple in the midst of the wilderness Mm -hmm. and making, in a very real sense, making streams in the desert. Basically, the idea is that no matter where you happen to be, if God is there, you can worship the Lord. And what we will be doing eventually is actually going through the various elements of worship so that we're not simply encouraging people to worship, but that we're instructing them in worship. Mm. So we might, you know, in the the imagination of the spirit, if you will, travel with the children of Israel into the wilderness mm. and look at some of the elements of the temple and then find out what that, um, how it parallels ordinary worship. So we might see, for instance, the, um, the Ark of the Covenant, mm-hmm. and we might mm-hmm. recognize the fact that God is in full covenant relationship with his people. And sometimes when we're going through a time of difficulty, the issue of our relationship with God comes up. Yes. So we're saying, is God mad at me? Yes. Has God left me? So mm-hmm. on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So to remind ourselves that God has made a covenant with us and that God is in covenant with us, even in the wilderness, is imperative because it robs the enemy of the power of deception. Mm. And so we might look at the Ark of the Covenant or we might look at, say, the incense altar and remind ourselves of the imperative of prayer mm. during those difficult times. So we'll basically we'll look at the various elements of the tabernacle and then parallel that with our um, ordinary experience. How does one worship in the wilderness or have victory in the valley, as it were? It begins with the, the presence because all that they had done, all the building and all the cutting and pasting and this, mm-hmm. none of that would have meant anything if not for the presence, if not for the Shekinah. So everything begins with the Shekinah. Mm. The Lord is not going to ask us to do something unless he has invested that something in us. This is the same God who spoke into darkness and said, let there be light. Yes. You know, and there was no debate when he said, let there be light, there was light. There was no need for the light to, in some way or another, conjure up its own illumination. Mm -hmm. So likewise, the Lord calls us to worship him. And in calling us to worship him, he actually invests the power. Mm -hmm. He speaks a word, and in the word is the grace to obey. So when that presence overshadowed that tabernacle, all of a sudden, worship was enabled. So likewise for us, when the Holy Spirit begins to draw worship out of us, we find ourselves being able to worship. So Mm -hmm. the first key is to know that we are able to worship. Okay. Right? The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit working in us both to will and And to to do, do. making us both willing and able. Mm -hmm. Well, the Holy Spirit does that. He draws in us this, this heart of worship, and then he draws from us this capacity, this expression of worship. Mm -hmm. And what we're going to do is simply say, since that's already the case, i.e. since I know that I can worship and since I know that I want to worship, because if I didn't want to worship, I wouldn't be sitting in this class. Exactly. Then I want to have some instruction in worship. And that's where we bring in the illustrations. We look at the, um, the Ark of the Covenant or we look at the, the angelic host. So we look at, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the first things that I would look at, for instance, is when we, say, for instance, walk into the Holy of Holies, you're going to look around and you're going to see all around the wall the depiction of the heavenlies. And Mm. so one of the things we want to remind people of is when you choose to worship, 
in a very real sense, you enter into another dimension. Wow. You met, you enter into the heavenlies. Yeah. You, you've made a decision to walk into this place. And of course, we know that that decision is made possible because the veil has been rent asunder from the top mm. to the bottom. So for us to walk into that place is basically to say, okay, I'm in a different place. I, I had a hard day. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I got some worries. I got some bills. Yeah. But right now I'm in a different place. Yeah. I'm just going to worship God for a little while. I'm just going to bless the Lord. Yeah. So that's basically what we'll be doing in those teachings, just looking at the various articles and then making practical application. Wow. That is so good. 7 p.m., room 201, right here at Times Square Church on Friday night. And uh, Pastor Will's just giving you the scratch and sniff version there because there's a, a lot more to be had. Have you ever had to worship in the wilderness yourself? Yes, just this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Do tell. No, no. <laughs> I was actually talking about your testimony, Pastor Will. What is oh, your yeah. testimony? I mean, obviously the Lord has done awesome things in your life, but but perhaps you can perhaps you can give us a condensed version of your testimony. Yeah, it's it's like the uh it's in a very real sense, I mean, I have a story to tell by the grace of God as every Christian does, but in another sense it's like you know, the temple that was being built in the days of Jesus, where it was 46 years in the building and it was still incomplete. The mind uh, could be under construction. Exactly. Huh? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I can say the same thing, 47 years in the building and yeah. still, you know, it's a lot of work to be done. But I can go back as far as I mentioned earlier, you know, just painfully shy growing up, um, always, as it were, the on the on the wrong you know side or the business end, you know, I mean, of the various uh, bullies and the various, uh, you know, gangs and this and the other. No. And after a while, I just kind of got tired of it and thought well, maybe I should be on that side of it. Mm. You know what I mean? So I figured I'd start hanging out with some of the toughs and, mm-hmm. you know, start trying to live the thug life, you mm-hmm. know. But just what it, it didn't work for me. And uh, fortunately, the most of the thugs that I hung out with by the time I was in my um, teens and so on and so forth were basically retired thugs. You know, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> As most thugs are. <laughs> exactly. After a while. They're okay. tired of going back and forth to jail and yeah. so on and so forth. Yeah. So fortunately, I never got into um, the stick-up life and things of that nature. But Mm -hmm. just the fact of, you know, hanging out with them, feeling like I was on the right side of the the threats and the this and that. Mm -hmm. Um, And allowing myself to make some decisions that weren't the best. Thank God they weren't the worst, but they weren't the best. Mm -hmm. And getting on the bad side of my family. And then my dad passed away and my mom and I um, just kind of, butted heads and Mm. you know eventually I felt like I needed to move on and move out and unfortunately I got in an apartment that belonged to my aunt that was well past its um, rent without my having known move into a place that was seven or eight months behind found myself within a couple of weeks living on the street oh not too long after that had my ID stolen from me um, and there I am in the street no ID, no connection to family. You were homeless. I was homeless. And there was no way to get back, at least from my perspective at the time, no way to get back in. Mm. Because without, strangely enough, it's we live in a society that, I mean, if you don't have what you want, you can't get what you want. 
You, mm. It's almost like you almost have to have it in order to get it. Yeah. So if you don't yeah. have a home, you can't get a home. Yeah. If you don't have ID, you can't get ID. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You, you know, you can't go to sure. the Social Security office or whatever the case might be and say, give me this, because they're going to ask you for that. Right. Hey, well, you show me some ID, and I'll give you a Social Security card, that kind of a thing. So it's a catch-22. Catch-22. Yeah. You know, so anyway. So I worked day labor jobs, you know, for a few years until I finally found this church and came in through their um, Timothy House program. Really? But um, basically doing everything that I could to support myself by, you know, working in kitchens and washing dishes and washing pots, uh, whatever. Um, so at your lowest level, the Lord met yeah. you there. Is that what you're saying? Yes, at my lowest level. I, I would say that from God's perspective, he would say that he met me a lot earlier than I realized mm. that he had met me. From mm -hmm. my perspective, you're right at the lowest place where I knew that I could not. See, when when you're out in the street, at least in my experience, you always feel like at some point you're going to pull yourself up mm. by your bootstraps. At some point you're going to get it together. Mm -hmm. You know, so I tried education, tried, you know, trade schools, you know, this, that, and the other. All this is going on, you yeah. know, um, and nothing because there is more despondency out there than the average person could realize. Mm -hmm. And so hope is constantly clashing with despondency. Mm. And in, if you don't see a change after a certain amount of time, the despondency will overwhelm the hope. Mm. And at a certain point, you start to wonder, is it ever going to change? I see. And you recognize you can't change anything. Mm. So I was invited to come to Times Square Church by someone who just happened to be persistent enough to get me to come in. You know, two, yeah. three times they, uh, would you please come in? And I'm like, no, I don't really. But then they just kept on. So I walked in with them and saw Pastor Dave. Now you have to understand, I had seen church experiences before as yeah. a kid, so on yeah. and so forth. We were never a church family, but we were sent to church at, at times, at intervals. Mm -hmm. And I saw some things in the church um, that were not necessarily savory. Understood. When, when I saw Pastor Dave there, um, there was something that, bore witness in my spirit hmm. that while I didn't understand everything that he was saying, I knew that he believed what he was preaching. It's the same story. I don't know if you've heard the story of the atheist at a certain point who was getting dressed one morning and he was in haste on his way to go down to the local church. And his wife said to him, what are you doing? Why are you getting, why are you going to church? You yeah. don't believe in God. Yeah. And he said, I know, but the man who's visiting this week, he actually does, uh, and I want to see him. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and that's for me. That's that's what that situation okay. was. I saw a man. I'd seen my share of ministers. I saw a man who actually believed in God. Wow! And it opened my heart to receive the true gospel message, mm -hmm. and that's pretty much been my life. Ever since, you know, I, you know how much I, I owe to Pastor David Wilkerson and how much I love him and how he's been at every step of my growth, every step of my development, mm -hmm. giving me an opportunity to go to school, mm -hmm. sending me to work with uh, his son, 
Pastor Gary Wilkerson, mm-hmm. bringing me back here to work with Pastor Carter, which has been an extreme honor mm-hmm. and privilege. So everything. So, of course, when he went to be with the Lord, um, you know, on the one side, it was very sad, you know, because it was like losing a true dad. Yeah. yeah. And on the other side, it was a joy to know that he made it home sure. and, and his name still is what it is. You know, thank yeah. God he, he fought the good fight and, and made it to the end. Awesome example. Amen. Yeah. Amen. You know, one of the things in particular that is appealing about you, Pastor Will, um, along with Pastor Patrick, Pastor Ben, Pastor Teresa, and uh, Pastor Carter kind of sets the tone, is that while all of you are obviously well-learned and deep into the Word, your presentations are very down-to-earth, very real, relatable, which makes conveying the Word, and song for that matter, also very effective. Uh, We are fortunate to sit under this ministry and blessed to have you as a big part of it. Praise the Lord. Thank yeah. you. I yeah. truly appreciate that. It's my pleasure. Well, we appreciate you. Amen. And uh, we appreciate hearing you sing again. Pastor Will, live on Music with a Mission. Attention junior high school students ages 12 to 14. Junior high ministry takes place every Sunday in room 316 at 10 a.m. Come worship God, get into His Word, and let Him take you to a higher level. And high school students, there's a small group especially for you in the Education Annex on the second floor at 4 p.m. Study God's Word, build new friendships, and openly share and discuss life issues with your peers. For updates and details, visit our website, tscnyc.org. TSC, Music Radio. Where God is. MWM Music with a Mission, back with our very own Pastor William Carroll. You're married. Yes, I am. How long have you been married? I've been married for 10 years. Nice. Yes. What's the secret, nice. secret of a decade-long marriage? Um, I would say being in love. Ah. It's imperative okay. that you truly love the person. I would say to any young person, particularly anyone who's not married yet, don't get married before you fall in love. You know, never win a person's hand without having won their heart because you might last 10 years, but it might seem like forever. Whereas in this case, you know, 10 10 years. (laughs) Understood, sir. Yes, sir. Do you have any children? Yes, we have one daughter. Okay, how old is she? She's eight years old. Eight years old. Yes, she's the joy of my heart. Does she keep you on your toes? Oh my goodness! If if you mean by dancing and whirling through the house, yes. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, she's my joy. She's my joy. Understood. You know, Pastor Will, uh, Facebook. Twitter, uh, the social networking avenue. She was looking at me like, it's Twitter, it's Twitter. Okay, Twitter, Twitter. Um, we have a question from Twitter here, and it says, um, any particular songs or old hymns he wishes APC would sing that they don't sing now? Actually, no. No, I, I, I actually love the songs that are sang. And the fact that there's a rotation, the songs are always fresh, you always get a sense that the Lord has laid the songs on the hearts of the worship leaders. Mm-hmm. And I so appreciate their um, sense of discernment. You know, mm-hmm. even when I'm preaching, I, I very rarely will ask, um, say, for instance, during an altar call, I'll very rarely ask the leader to um, sing this song or that song because I'm so absolutely um, sure, so certain 
that they are with the Lord in the holy place, mm-hmm. that they're hearing his heart, mm-hmm. hearing his voice, mm-hmm. that I know that they're going to sing the right song. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, you know, because that's their office. That's their responsibility. I sure. might ask them to sing a song that's not in line with what the Lord is doing. Okay. You know, I might be entirely in line with what the Lord is doing as a preacher, mm-hmm. but then I have to, you know, pass the baton on to the worship team and believe that they are with the Lord. And because I do, um, I'm, I'm so remarkably blessed to be under their ministry that there's not one song that I can think of that um, they either, most of the songs that, that I know, I learned from them. Okay. So, okay. Well, that know, makes sense. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's very a, good. Yeah. And they have this um, wonderful blend, wonderful rotation. Yeah. It's always fresh, always live. And so, no, I'm absolutely in awe of what God is doing through them. Yeah. Yeah. We are too. When I gaze into your holiness, when all things that surround become shadows in the light of you, when I've found You know, it has been a tremendous blessing having you on the show, Pastor Will. It's been a blessing to be here. Thank you so much just for taking the time out to come. Because we know we know you're always busy. You're always doing things. Well, so, this is this is what I do. 
this is a, to minister to God's people. And to do it in this particular capacity is, is my privilege, my pleasure. Thank you. Before you go, what challenge would you pose to those involved in music ministry? The main thing is the challenge that's been posed from this particular ministry outward over and over again, which is imperative. Make sure that your heart is worshiping more than your talents. Make sure your heart is worshiping more than your instruments. Make sure your heart is worshiping. You worship from your heart and your talents, your instruments, your voice, they'll all fall into play. But make sure you worship from your heart. The original language, the the, the word for worship means to be prostrate before the Lord. Mm. just means to be laid out before him. And mm-hmm. if your life is laid out before him, you'd be surprised at what he can do with your song, with, with, with your instrument, with your talents. So I would say first, remind yourself of that. And then secondly, don't expect, as we mentioned before, don't expect dividends where you have not invested. In other words, don't expect people to worship a God who you haven't helped them to know Mm. and to understand by the songs that you write or by the songs that you choose to sing. Make sure that in a blend of of worship, of maybe some hand-clapping songs and some eye-closing songs, make sure there are some songs that develop the doctrine of the nature and the character and the work and ministry of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Pastor, would you please pray for strength and willingness to take on that challenge yes yes father thank you so much for my brothers and my sisters lord thank you particularly for those who have given themselves to the work of the lord in music thank you for all that you've given to each one not just the talents and the skills but the heart of worship thank you for those who help them who train them who walk alongside them lord thank you for the technicians that are often not seen, so many people behind the scenes. Thank you, Jesus, that you have um, drawn all of us to a heart of worship. Lord, we ask you to protect us from the pride that oftentimes comes with being seen, um, being on a stage, or, or to the opposite extreme, the inadequacy or sense of inadequacy and insecurity. We come against every lie of the devil And we say, Lord, would you simply speak a word of truth into our heart? One word of truth will dispel a thousand lies in a thousand different directions. So that when we worship, Lord, we simply take your hand as you extend it. And we walk with you to that place of service. And we simply say, Lord, let every solo be a duet. Every song that we sing, let us know that we're singing with you. God, we don't simply want to sing to you. We want to sing with you. So help our hearts, help our minds, Lord. Help every singer, every musician, every technician. Lord, help us. We thank you for this, O oh Jesus, and we bless you. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. There was a time when I would fret About the times that light ahead Until the time my Savior said You are mine, never forget So why 
should I worry if it shines or rains? I'm safe and warm under his wings. I'm in no hurry for an earthly thing. I'm forever in his care. Take joy, my king, in what you hear and let it be a sweet sound in your ear. We sincerely hope and pray that this podcast is a sweet sound in your ear. We also hope you'll join the conversation online because Music with a Mission doesn't end here. So check out TSC Music on Facebook to share your thoughts and get regular updates. Follow us on Twitter at TSC Music Tweet for live tweets during every podcast interview. You can even tweet your questions for our podcast guests by using the hashtag MWMPodcast. And of course, you can always email us at music at timesquarechurch.org or visit the website tscnyc.org slash music. Portions of music in this podcast provided by TSC Music, produced by the director of TSC Music, Greg Thomas, mixed and engineered by Harry Vaughn, and I'm the project manager, Jesse Carrasco. Coming up next week, we've got the entire student body of Summit International School of Ministry. And remember, if ever we put the messenger before the message, we have failed to present an unblemished gospel. I'm Derek Davis. Join us next time on Music with a Mission.